It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Footballer Season 2, Episode 39. This week I am joined by the pioneer of FIFA podcast, Matt Lamborn. Right foot is taking this week off as he is under the weather. We hope you feel better soon, buddy. We look forward to hearing what you think about Team of the Season, which is exactly what we discussed this week as we gear up for the first Team of the Season to drop this week. If you're not in the Discord, get involved. Click the link in the show notes. It's free to enter. We'd love to have you. If you want to stay up to date on all the new content, be sure to visit our friends at fifauteam.com or simply click the link in the show notes. Let's get into the show. Matt, welcome back. It's just you and me this week. How are you, dude? I'm doing well, Mace. I think um, real life is getting in the way of all of our um, ultimate team exploits. I took a bit of a week off over Easter to do real life stuff and spend time with the family getting dragged around doing stuff. I would much rather have been playing a bit of weekend league with um, that Oh, so fun Serie A team that I've been terrorizing people with. But uh, life is good. You know, the sun is out. You know, things are getting back to normal from COVID. People are having lives again. So finding the time to sit down and really grind that ultimate team is getting harder by the week. Yes, indeed. Uh, it seems like the world is getting back to normal. At least that seems to be the case here and, and especially where you're at. But, um, Paul didn't make it this week. Paul is actually under the weather and uh, he's been feeling bad. So hopefully he and his family get to feel better really soon. Um, I haven't played FIFA in probably a week, mainly because of work for the first half of that. The second half of that is because of MLB, the show. I, I, <laughs> I, t- I took the advice of our friend, uh, why is FIFA? And I uh, wanted to try something different and I wanted to see how it operated because I heard a lot of people talking about how much better the show operates on a market and grindability standpoint. Okay. And it, it was interesting because it's completely different from foot, but it's a lot, you know, similar to foot uh, in that they still have objectives and things like that, but the grindability of it, and the pay to win factor is totally different. Um, it's kind of a breath, a breath of fresh air really to, to experience something different like that. And um, I'd like to talk about some of that stuff later on, maybe if we get time. But um, when's the last time you played Weekend League, Matt? Just this weekend. It's gone. So as I was saying, I took the previous week off, starting with the Easter weekend, and then much of the following week didn't get a chance to play. And then... Um, Finally had some free time this weekend, just gone. So luckily I had a a weekend league entry that I'd managed to grind out before my little little break. Uh, Jumped in, just got my 10 wins to get up to, you know, the the level where you get some decent rewards and enjoyed my time with it. It was good to get back into the swing of things. And I know that we, from time to time, we preach about going away and doing some other things, not necessarily spending all your time on, on Ultimate Team. And that, you know, it's always there for you when you want to come back to it. But I, I feel very disconnected by just having a single week off because of the amount of stuff that's been going on lately, the amount of uh, promos and mini promos and SBCs and now swaps and stuff. I feel really out of the loop by just having like seven days off. So it's hard to sort of get back into the swing of things. I was very much on top of it. I was playing every day. And then when you just cold cut it for a week, totally, totally out of it. So I'm trying to sort of get my head back in the game ready for, for team of the season. Yeah. I, I definitely understand where you come from with that. It's like, where do you, where do you step foot back into it? You know, it's like you take the time off, you know, you're not missing much, especially in this period. This is kind of a big lull before team of the season starts. Um, we had a community vote last week. And we just got the Premier League vote that expired today. Uh, did you vote in either of those? I voted. Yeah, I think I voted in both of them, actually. And uh, I was very much wanting 
not to steal your segue into something else here, maybe you want to talk about this later, but I very much wanted to vote Rhys James as the right back in the Premier League team and, and couldn't, which was a, a bit of a shock or, or not as the case may be for some people, but I was taken <sighs> aback by it because I think he's actually been a, a little bit better than Trent this year. Uh, certainly more important to his team, I would say, than than Trent has been. Not that I'm diminishing his uh, his input into Liverpool. He's he's absolutely fantastic and what a great player. But I think Rhys James is is such an important cog of of where Chelsea have been in the last twelve to eighteen months with winning the Champions League and World Club Championship and scoring so many Premier League goals. To not get the opportunity to get a a super duper version of him, I'm sure that. Um, riles you up the wrong way yeah and that's partially why i mean that's not the, the the entire reason why i haven't been playing but that's a major reason uh one i didn't vote for the premier league team this season because when i saw the ballot i was just totally turned off by it the the idea that they just snubbed every single chelsea player because of this russia ukraine nonsense they're, they're letting the, the bullshit that's tearing the society apart spill into the game it's a video game can we just keep it a video game yeah. i mean if you want to do this do it all the way let's look at all the clubs let's look at all the money of course they wouldn't do that because the game would be fucking dead i mean it's just a big virtue signal in my opinion and it's pointless it's completely pointless the players have not done anything wrong the fans haven't done anything wrong and they're the ones being punished for this I mean, I built a Chelsea team all year long trying to get to that point where I can have that ultimate Chelsea team and that whole project that I had going is shit. Done. Well, what's team of the, what's team of the season in the Premier League without N'Golo Conte? <laughs> I mean, Reese James. It's had the a, one we all want, right? Yeah. Reese James had a hell of a year. R- Antonio Rudiger was in the runnings at least to yeah. get a, a nominee. Uh, Eduard Mendy. I mean, these are, these are great cards that would have made team of the season more enjoyable for me personally. And I'm sure lots of other Chelsea fans who are listening to this. So if you feel the same way, let us know, get in the discord, drop a message, let us know what you think. Yeah. There's definitely an issue with public perception being too much of their consideration. And I think it's, it's much easier to say, take the Russian league out of ultimate team and make your political statement in that respect, given that the Russian league was already compromised for the last two or three years and ultimate team anyway, it was barely worth having, even though it's been one of my favourite novelty leagues for many years, um, but we don't get the full experience of that. So taking that out, okay, it achieves the same results and doesn't really impact anybody unless you're a specific Moscow football club fan, <laughs> whatever. Taking yeah. the Russian team out of the uh, out of the men's international squads, okay, you're affecting a few Russians. But to the best of our knowledge, no one involved at Chelsea Football Club's done anything wrong. The players certainly haven't done anything wrong. And you know, this is a well-supported international fan-based football team. You're potentially annoying a lot of your customers here. And are they going to do this every time something you know, very dramatic and, and impacted in the world goes on where someone to do with Manchester United does something wrong? They're going to Block them out of team of the season. They'll find excuses to ram Man United yeah. players into team of the season, regardless of how well they've played, because they know they sell packs. Perhaps it's yeah. not the same with Chelsea, with the exception of N'Golo Kante. I don't know, but I think yeah. they need to start putting up a wall to, to outside noise, unless it's something you know, like when they've taken people out for committing sexual crimes or something stupid, where that's obviously the right thing to do, but. Do it on an individual per player basis. Don't take the whole club out of it. And so Chelsea and I were completely axing arguably the best promo of the year, which is disappointing. Yeah. But they'll still give them shitty ass informed cards that nobody will buy packs for. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what really just, it's, it just shows that it's a virtue signal. But, and, and, you know, I was talking to one of the members in the Discord about this who kind of has some insight on how these things work. I'm not sure if he wants me to name him or not, so I won't. But what he was saying that basically this this might not even be up to EA, which is a good point. This could be a FIFA thing, right? I mean, we both know they have that partnership, and if FIFA says it, you know, maybe maybe that's the the deal they made, or maybe that's what they had to do. I don't know how these things work, but it just I just don't understand it. Like, what what are you accomplishing here? You know, but I've also said the same thing about 
when let's like a, a player died when Diego Maradona died, right? Anytime a player dies, they remove the items. Why? Next year, you're going to put him right back in the game. Why are you taking him out? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Why not celebrate his, his mm. life and his performance on the pitch by letting us use that player? You know what I mean? Well, they did a good job what, with Maradona specifically last year, didn't they? They put, dropped a lot of like TFOs and stuff and loan cars. They, they kind of yeah. went for it. And then I guess at some point they've fallen out with the Maradona estate and lost the rights to use that card. I don't know. But they're in the situation with uh, icons specifically, that they probably have agreements with to use the likeliness of that person either directly with said player or if they are deceased with the family of that player. So in the event of someone passing away recently, that becomes tumultuous. It's up in the air, right? It's it's sort of reopens the, the need to go back to the negotiation table or whatever. I don't know. So I, I kind of get that. But mm. and we've also seen how weird the fan base behaves relating to dead players like the Chapo Coense incident a couple of years yeah. ago where that team died and everything to do with that club just went to the moon on the transfer market, even though it was completely useless. Yeah. People just have morbid curiosities and looking for any possibility where to make coin. you might be able to make, make a few coins. I did something similar this year with um, Rebrov, who's the only Ukrainian manager in the game steadily just picking him up for a few hundred coins, slipping for 5,000 a time because everyone was Shame making Ukraine that. teams all of a sudden. Shame. Not that that's going to help you out in any way, but okay, <laughs> if you want a virtue signal in game, good for you. But people just do w- weird stuff reacting in real time to real world events. Um, and the transfer market reflects that when these things happen. I kind of get it why EA lock those down because it's sometimes in bad taste. But um, yeah, I don't see that being the same as as the Chelsea situation personally. But that's just me. Yeah, I guess it's we can move on from this one. I don't want to spend all day talking about it, even though I could. And it just the 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 idea of it just it rubs me the wrong way, and I just haven't been motivated to get back on foot whatsoever. Call it a boycott if you want, and I know nobody gives a fuck. You're just one player, but I guarantee you, there's tons of other people out here who feel the same way. And yeah, I get it. you've said this, you've said it a hundred times, Matt, but with your feet, right? Uh, I'll always do that. If I'm pissed off at the game or the, or the producers, or the, I'll, I'll let them know and I just won't play it. Mm. Well, as someone who just, has done that before to quite a, a severe degree, and that, I'm now of the opinion that, that that is absolutely the right thing to do, but you also know it won't do a fucking thing. Sure. You're only hurting yourself. Uh, and that mm. is if, of course, you miss playing the game, which I imagine at this point, given that you've played the game year in, year out for a long time and it hasn't been the best year for you personally, you probably aren't missing it in the short term. But if you took an extended period of leave off, let's say you didn't play from now until the release of the new game, by the time that new game comes out, I think you'll be ready for it again. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's okay and and definitely the advisable adult thing to do to vote with your feet, to not keep feeding the EA machine and making them think that the current status quo is the way things should be because no one's taking their money out of the game. But not enough people will do it and, and the, the shit just keeps on rolling year in, year out unless you can get a large amount of or a large segment of people to come out of the game with you where EA are going to feel yeah. the impact. You get the moral high ground, but if you love playing FIFA most of the year, you're just going to be bored and you're the only person who's going to suffer for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally right. I mean, this has been a bad year for me personally with FIFA only because of the inconsistencies, and I've been pretty vocal about that. Um, but here lately, the, the gameplay has been much better than it was, I guess, the first half of the year. So I'm thankful for that. I mean, the last few times I've logged on and played, it was great. It was fine. Didn't have too much rotten gameplay except for weekend league it can be kind of shitty here and there but other than that it's been good so i'm glad they've either ironed out some of those network problems or maybe some people just fell off and allowed the servers to cool a little bit you know i don't know but uh it's been good well i didn't vote for premier league team of the season who did you vote for matt oh i can't remember off the top of my head who voted for everyone but i did do that breakdown with you and Riot a couple of weeks ago 
Um, so I think I voted for like Jose Sarr as goalkeeper. Um, I had, I think, a centre-back pairing of Matip and Van Dijk, Cancelo at left-back, and I wanted Reese James at right-back back to go for Trent as the alternative. I know I put Jared Bowen in there because I thought he's been outstanding for West Ham this season, and I can't really remember the rest. I probably just filled it full of, of nonsense. I don't think there's been a a particularly outstanding Premier League striker this season. Harry Kane's had a very good second half of the season, so it's probably going to get in based off that alone. But um, when you compare all the the top leagues, with the exception of Bundesliga and Lewandowski and maybe Benzema to a slightly less extent, no one's getting anywhere near those peak Ronaldo Messi numbers when it comes to forwards. So it's it's a really open year in terms of picking elite strikers this year. So you're probably going to have Kane and Salah and then maybe Son or, or Jota, something like that, I guess based purely off yeah. the numbers, but I don't think they're like they're reaching for the stars this year like they have in, in different years. So you might get the odd surprise. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's Ronaldo and who else, I guess it's the, is the app from there. Yeah, well, that, that hat trick for Ronaldo the other day is probably going to get him in. I would say at this point, <laughs> he, he timed that absolutely perfectly too, just for ultimate team fans. Yeah. He, um, horrible. What he's been going through too, with the, the loss of the child that was, I didn't even know that was going on. I read about that. That was that's horrible. Um, hopefully he can bounce back from it, though. He's one of the best we've ever seen. Um, United fan or not, I can say that. What about uh, let's let's talk about kind of a, a little wrap up of the year since we're into team of the season. I was curious, and I was looking through my club, and I'd like to know what yours is. But what player has played the most games for you, Matt? Should have been prepared for this, shouldn't I? Let me, uh, I should have asked you earlier. I've got huh? the game loaded up. Let me have a quick look. While you're looking, I'll share mine. I packed Gold and Golo Kante the first week of the game, and he's been in the club ever since. And he has made 1,240 appearances for the Footballers FC. So GG's to Kante. He's going to stay in it to the end since we're not getting a team of the season card. Right, so my most used card in terms of appearances... Can I guess? I, sorry? Can I guess? Oh, yeah, sure. Marijuana Fellaini. <laughs> no. no, he's been a very reliable sub and made several hundred, mostly substitute appearances, but he's not the one. Um, I packed right at the beginning of the game, which kind of dictated the direction which my main team was going in for the first half of the season, uh, the one to watch Hakimi. And he's mm. played like... 800 or so games for me. Nice. And that was a really good card for the first half of the year. And then I started to move away from a, a league and PSG sort of system mm. and, and started picking up a lot of cool Serie A cards. Um, but that, along with Donna Runner, who I packed very early on, untradeable. So I also had to, then had to have Kimpembe to link them together. They all played a very similar amount of games for me into this let's say the first two thirds of the of the year they were very very uh reliable let's say and it would have been nice if Hakimi had carried on the form that he'd showed at the beginning of the season and got a few more um informs to boost that one to watch but it I thought it yeah. was going to be like one of the best packs I've ever had based off how rampant he normally is with scoring goals but he had like a little fall from grace early on in the season where he got injured and he got sent off and he didn't play a few games and his form's been a bit yeah. iffy and he just hasn't been like clocking up the goals and stuff that he did early on to to get those boosts so it became a bit of a busted flush unfortunately but uh, very good at the beginning though so I was ecstatic to pack that I think it was worth like three quarters of a nil when I packed it but I couldn't mm. sell it unfortunately not that I would have done anyway but that yeah. was uh, that was where things were going at the beginning and uh yeah, um, a very good way to start off the year, I think, that one. Nice. Well, today is Monday. We did get the Icon Swaps 3, and I got to say, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at some of the options that they gave us. Um, and I know you'll probably rebuttal some of these, but I think George Best, Moments George Best at nine tokens is good value. Um, I think Lothar Mateus, moments at 14 is i guess fair value i wouldn't say great value at this point but 
the one that really surprised me was the fact that they're letting people get prime root hullet for 17 tokens, which is a lot of tokens and you won't be able to get him until the second half of icon swaps three, which is probably going to be on the backside of team of the season. Right? So there's the rub is prime root hullet after team of the season still the same as he was now. It's not the same, but I can see people who, who play at the, the high end competitive level will think that's a, an essential pickup purely because not because of his card stats per se, because there'll be plenty of cards who can sort of go toe to toe with him at that point. But Rudel is a unique physical card. The amount of room he literally takes up on the pitch just makes him unbeatable at certain things. The same why, why people go for Vieira. If, if you can have a central midfield with Vieira and Hullet and then just have a bunch of midgets breaking people down at the other end, that's the dream. It makes you so difficult to break down defensively, particularly if you're you know, defensively disciplined, you like your 4-2-3-1s, that kind of stuff. You know, really solid, hard to score against, making life miserable for people. Then all it's, all it's the GOAT, but it's all a question of how much you think your time is worth when it comes to going after any of these cards because in most cases, there will be equivalent or better team of the season players available or whatever comes after team of the season. Remember we had Festival of Foot or whatever it was that came after team of the season last year and we got truly unbelievable game-breaking cards that will be way better than any icon, including Hullet. So given that they're going to make you wait until... Right at the arse end of the game, I don't personally think it's worth pursuing for me personally. But, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, you know how I feel about icons in general. I, I yeah. don't get excited I about them the very way. much at all. And the only yeah. one that I've used prolifically this year, I got a, the 89 Vandersoft, and that's the middle one. Mm. In, a, in an icon upgrade pack earlier on in the year, and he's been really, really good. So glad to have him in, in the team. And I had to buy Moments Seidorf to link in Veghorst in the last few weeks. But that's a good card, but it's not a great card. Um, so he, he is replaceable if you can get the right links to to sort of fit Veghorst in, if that's the way I decide to carry on going. But he might find himself surplus to requirements in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? But um, yeah, none of those are going to get me playing the game, we'll put it that way. And if I do, I'll be going for the packs, not the, not the icon cards. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing the um, the fodder packs when I go after these. I just don't think, me personally, but I feel like I've managed my coins much better this year than I have last year. But that's largely been because I'm I'm okay with taking large, lengthy breaks and and getting liquid before doing that. So uh, I've often been able to sidestep a lot of these market declines and come back and get more bang for my buck. And that's currently what I'm doing now. But um, none of these cards really jump out to me. And I know after team of the season, that's probably not the last promo. They're going to do another, you know, style of festival of foot or, or some kind of promo like that. They did last year, summer heat. And those cards are going to be just ridiculous. And that's when I'll go in all in with these coins. But one of these, uh, SPCs that really stuck out to me kind of struck me as odd for the icon swaps for 16 tokens. You can get icon moments, player pick. Okay. For 17 tokens, you can get 93 plus attacker midfielder icon moments player pick. So for one more pick, you can define your risk and give yourself a 93 plus floor for just one more token. I mean, does that strike you as like a little bit odd? Yeah, I don't have an explanation for it, but if you're going to go to all that effort to get 16, you might as well get 17, right? It doesn't right? make sense to... yeah. Unless you, you, you're in it purely for the gamble and you, you think you can do better somehow, but I, I doubt it. I think uh, the yeah. 17 is the way to go, right? The odds are stacked against you for the, for the standard icon moments player pick, but for that next one, you've, you've narrowed it down to quite a few, mostly usable players. Um, but then you can go get a 94 plus icon moments pack for 13 tokens. So <laughs> a standard moments player pick is 16. But a 94 plus moments pack is 13. Um, yeah. Lots to think about with these. I guess if you're going to go and, and do that many swaps, just uh, 
read the fine print, I guess is all I would say. Um, Matt, what else, uh, what else has been going on with you and foot? Are you, are you doing any kind of projects, any kind of special teams you're working on? No, I'm still Trading. using the, the same team that um, I was using for the last two or three weeks. Um, it's, it suits my style of play really well. And because I think the best promo of the year has been um, Foot Fantasy linked in then to, to Foot Captains, I think those two have sort of combined really well and, and delivered really good value over the last few weeks because... Any card that basically got maxed out on upgrades on Foot Fantasy is is pretty much team of the season ready, I would argue, at this point. And I've had a, been lucky to have a, a few of them, including Perisic, which we all got excited about on the pod. So those cards, they've been relevant for the best part of the last month. They'll continue to be relevant for probably at least another month until we get you know the absolute very best of, of team of the season and they, they start to chip away at them, perhaps. But... I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm just enjoying spending a lot of time on one team and getting better and better with it rather than constantly chasing the meta, chopping it's and important. changing. I think yeah. it's 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 good if you can afford yourself an extended period of time with players to get to know how they perform in certain situations, their tactical flexibility, get into routines and in matches where, okay, I'm deploying this formation and tactical style or this stage of the game and then once you get ahead, go to a different system. If you're constantly changing all the time, it's it's difficult to to get the best out of any team. Um, so I'm finding that enjoying playing with the same team for at least a month, which is what it will probably be in the next week or so, has served me really well. My performances have gone up. My weekend league's been much more enjoyable because I, I feel that the consistency is there now. Whereas once I start chopping and changing it up, with team of the season because you have to to stay competitive but I'm introducing wild cards into my team there where I'm going to have to get to know them all over again and find out where they're they're adept what they're most effective at so I look forward Mm. to that of course because it's good to have a change every now and then but it has been refreshing just using the same lineup for an extended period it's been good yeah it's a good point though about getting to know your players and not jumping from one team to the next. I mean, so many people always come in and, oh, I need to change my team because they think it's going to give them more wins, which it's just not the case. Um, but learning how a player moves, especially like somebody like, um, like base Cristiano Ronaldo this year, he doesn't move like previous Ronaldo's. You need to be patient with him. The, the stick movement has to be a little bit slower with him because he doesn't react as quick because he's got that, you know, that tall body type. I mean, yeah. I know it's and he doesn't breeze type, past people like he does in, in previous versions. That's right. very much Mbappe this year, right? And I yes. think the last couple of years, I would say, where they're making Ronaldo a bit more of a box predator. You know, he's extremely good at finishing. Fucking if you've got five-star skills, sweet, but you're not going to beat the whole team of one player probably with Ronaldo because right. of his lack of pace and his over-physicality compared to previous years. I yeah. packed managed to pack him earlier in the year for the first time in many years. Just did not get on with him at all. As much as I would have loved to have built a team around him, it just wasn't for me. Um, so yeah, I can appreciate some people wanting to go in a different direction there. Yeah. Well, real quick, let's get into some questions. We have a few to go over and we've got some, we've got some hate mail to read too in a little while, which that ought to be fun. Um, Dudigan, one of the footballer sponsors, wants to know what are some quality of life changes you'd like to see for next FIFA? For example, we can now join champs at any time. You don't have to join by that cutoff date, which so many people would often forget to do. And then their weekend would be theoretically ruined because they couldn't play FIFA. Uh, I think that's a great change. I love the fact that if, you know, plans fall through on Saturday night, I don't have anything to do. I can go ahead and play champs and not to worry about the cutoff. Uh, what are some of these changes that you'd like to see in FIFA 23 or whatever the title is going to mm. be called? Yeah, I think that one that you just mentioned was a really good one. Uh, I think everyone generally approves of that and uh, can't believe they didn't do it sooner, quite frankly. Why would you restrict your player base from your main sort of weekly competition? Uh, I've been saying it for the last two or three years. I would still like to see Foot Champs be more of a, of a week-based contest rather than just at the weekend I think they've been moving in the right direction by bringing the number of games you need to play down and the fact that you can still get some rewards for basically not playing just quitting out and stuff 
that's kind of cool for, for people who are a bit more casual that have the time. Mm. Um, but I would play probably every game of foot champs every week if it was like Monday to Thursday. I know I'm like pissing in the wind. It's probably never going to happen. But for me personally, that would suit demands of everyday life a lot better than having to dedicate my weekends or a significant number of hours of my weekend to playing uh, foot champs on, on the reg. I'd also like to see them do something more relevant with non-special cars, particularly bronzes and silvers. They're, they're so dead and pointless at this point. But even golds, we, we probably don't use gold cars with the exceptions of your Neymars and Mbappes past the first couple of weeks. Most people much less time than that. And they've devolved now into basically a currency to complete SBCs. So yeah. I'd like to see them do something to make them a bit more relevant because it's just too much content you get in packs that you, you're essentially not doing anything with. So I think in order to bring back some relevancy there and give people more bang for their buck, they should look at doing something more of those. Yep. That's a good shout. Um, yeah, there's so much junk you get in packs balls, kits, contracts. I've got thousands of contracts. Um, but it's, they've kind of already, like you said, they're, they're going in the right direction with champs. Uh, instead of making us play 30 games in a weekend, which used to be 40, they brought it down to 30. This year it's 20, but you play your playoff games, you know, during the week. So essentially they've just spread those 30 games out over right. the course of a week. Mm-hmm. But they could make foot champions. Let's say team of the week comes out on a Wednesday. If they were to continue doing team of the week, which I hope they don't, I hope they spice it up and do something different. But Team of the week comes out on a Wednesday. You can start your foot champs campaign Wednesday night, play it till Sunday. You have that buffer period for it to reset, get your rewards, whatever, and do it all over again. That, that would give more people an opportunity to play champs. But I feel like they would have to loosen restrictions on matchmaking if that were the case, because you're spreading more games out across a longer period of time. So it might be harder to match up with people instead of whereas... Friday and Saturday, it's pretty easy to find games. Sundays, depending on the time, you can find games that most people are already done. So we'd have to see some some changes there, I would guess. But I should just make what it, would your thoughts be? Just make it random. Uh, none of this ELO uh, stuff. You it, log in, you, you randomly oppose against someone else. You could get a really good player, really bad player, someone on your skill level. That's the only fair way to do it. And then this issue of con- trying to condense everyone to playing a couple of days a week so you can actually make matches at the um, skill-based matchmaking categories that they want to do. You just need to make it friendly for people. I think that there's people gone on record saying that the number of participants in competitive FIFA is going down sort of year on year. And this is the reason why, especially this time of year, it's a tough sell to get people to log in and play FIFA when the interest in the football season's waning down. It's summer, people going outside, spending time with their families. God forbid they actually find something else other than FIFA to play as well. It's hard to get people to log in and play, so you need to make it as easy for them as possible. So take the skill-based matchmaking out of the equation. Just Let's just random yeah. match up. You know, that's how we always used to do it back in the day. And everyone was happy. No one asked for this skill-based matchmaking bullshit. Yeah. I think that's what really puts me off of Weekend League, to be honest. I mean, I haven't played Weekend League. This has been the least amount that I've played for Weekend League this year. And it's because every time my ELO gets to the point of like plus seven, plus eight, the gameplay completely falls apart after it takes minutes and minutes and minutes to find an opponent. Sometimes you can't find one. And I think it's whatever the, the, this netcode bullshit is with whatever, with whatever they do, but it just ruins the experience for me. Therefore, it puts me off. So I, I just tend to not even play it because I know what's going to happen, right? And it's not, it's not rewards. I don't give a shit about the rewards, even though they suck. That's not why I play it. And that's not why everybody else should play it either, in my opinion. You play it because it's enjoyable and it's fun. That's why you should play it. It's a video game. And when the experience is ruined... And you walk away frustrated because you can't turn your players and whatnot based on things out of your control. It puts people off. And that's why I think this community is so, so toxic to to one another because you have somebody who's feels that they're the better player 
but they were handicapped by a poor connection when the bastard on the other end probably had the same experience as you did. And he's saying the same thing. Both people walk away pissed off. One of them got the win. One of them has got screwed allegedly. And you know, it's just, it makes for a bad experience overall. So I tend to just stay away from it. Um, that was a good question though. We could talk about that forever. Um, one more thing while we're on this, since I've been playing, like I said, the show, what they do for their base cards is we've talked about this before where you can hit certain achievements and milestones, right? So there's five levels of the parallel, which means like you get a special version of that card. So if it's an 82, you go to level two, level three, level, and each level is a plus one on every stat. So it's essentially an inform and you can go up to five levels above it, which is unique because you can really grind and it's a grind. You can't just do this in a day or two days. This is a, a long process. So I don't see why they couldn't do that. And once you upgrade that player, he becomes untradeable. You can't get rid of him, make a rule, you know, so people can't abuse it. It would just give people a reason to play and to build teams that they really want to use and put in the time and the work to do it. But I wonder if that's just, if that's not in the cards because it would drive people away from the store. Thoughts? Yeah, I think you're onto the right lines there. Also, if you put upgradability 100%, in the hands of the the gamer, they will. Everyone's looking for the edge, and they can co- kind of create their own meta in a way. So I've I've always been of the opinion that there are certain cards that are overtly physical and heavy. If they had the all round stats, would be very very dangerous in Ultimate Team. Mm-hmm. Give you an example. I'm not going to say who you think I'm going to say. I'm going to say Harry Maguire. Pretty useless given his his pace rating unless you just sit back all the way deep defending and just sit in the box and try and counter. But he is so big and so powerful and so weighty that he can overpower a lot of high-level cards. So if you were able to, out of your own free will, and invest the time into upgrading that player, that can get ahead of EA's planned power curve then. You're creating a defender that is potentially way better than they want to have in that game at, at that period of time. So I don't think that's something that they'll ever do. And I don't think you were around for the first year of Ultimate Team where you could buy um, or at least pack permanent upgrades um, to players. So for a period, I can't remember when they got rid of it, but you could apply before a match like a pace upgrade or a dribbling upgrade and it lasted for one game. But in the very first year of Ultimate Team, you could apply yeah, I remember those. plus fifteen on a particular stat, so like defending or shooting, and it was permanent. Uh, and they were very expensive, but it basically led to the point where you could make a ninety nine rated any player you want. So you would go for the biggest, burliest, yeah, most physical card because you're going to upgrade their deficiency, which is pace. So you want the most powerful, heavy, most heavyweight cards in the game to really right. push people around. And that's uh, where I think EA generally stay away from upgrading some of the cards that are in-game from the beginning that have these specific profiles who are very tall, who are very heavy, because they can literally push other cards around. Examples would be like Harry Maguire, Fellaini, um, Adrian Rabio, Juventus, Excellent, mm. very tall, very weighty cars almost never get upgraded. Very rarely appear in promotions. They would really cause EA a headache if people could upgrade them to you know significantly high levels by playing 500 games or scoring 100 goals or whatever those milestones yeah. happen to be in NLB. But I think that's why they don't do it because they mm. want to basically build the game around fast, little nippy players who are very popular with the kids who buy packs, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they don't want to disturb that by making some Burnley player who's shit at the beginning of the game. Absolutely incredible. If someone plays 500 games with them, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our uh, second episode, which that's going to be out shortly after this one for supporters. And we'll release it publicly a few days later. But uh, we got Pugzilla coming on to talk about some of his recent struggles and and he was ranting on Twitter the other day. So I contacted him and and we had to get him on to, to chat about this, but it'll be a much more in-depth conversation about the tactics and 
that EA employs on their users and how to combat those tactics, essentially. It ought to be a good chat. Matt, you've you've followed him for a long time. I have. I've been watching him on Twitch for years. I'm a longstanding sub. He's the only person I give money to in the FIFA community, and that's by prime subscription, admittedly. I don't stump up real money because I'm a tight arse, but he's a good guy. It is real money. Yeah, like his to him. <laughs> it doesn't cost me anything, is what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to give it to somebody. And I think is it. Oh, I don't want to call him an emerging FIFA stream because he's been around for so long. But he, he's, you know, he's yet to to make that um, that leap to where he's making mega money out of it. Let's just put it that way. So supporting someone like that who's committed to yep. the grind and been doing it a long time, I think he, he's well deserving of my Prime subscription. And he's a cool guy. He's got some very strong opinions. He's one of us. So I look forward to hearing that. So we have a hot take I want to get to Toshenmacher. He's also a supporter of the podcast. Thank you for that. He says, since the start of the cycle, for the first time ever, there were center backs fast enough to keep up with top attackers. And it was not icons, but low-rated golds. That increased the skill gap, as you can't just run straight with pace if the opponent is quick enough to switch to the center back in time and cover the run. Why do we as a community not recognize this and give EA credit? I'm going to let you take this one, Matt. I, I don't uh, I don't know if that's... I'm assuming it's true if, if, if Morris said it because I respect a lot of his stuff and his stats. He's usually spot on. But I don't recall being able to stop Mbappe at all. No, I'm sure he's not on about Mbappe because Mbappe can still blaze anybody right now in the gold version. He's not on about Mbappe, but he's on about Daka and Vardy and Werner. And I would argue you can't stop Werner (laughs) even now, probably. No. Um, What I think, well, my my reaction to what he's saying there is that um, if it's in the game, it's on purpose. Sure. So what, why could EA possibly want you to be able to keep up with attackers? Well, it's so you improve your attackers and spend money. <laughs> Basically, yeah. that's all it is. Um, if you can't get past Kempembe, which I see a lot of people still using now in Weekend League, Kempembe and Varane are Fucking still very common. Kempembe. And they do keep up unless you're using yes. um, and some sort of Mbappe special card or something to that effect. You know, if you've got the elite cards, okay, you can't keep up. But anything below that, they will still do a job. It's because they want to push you to upgrade the attacking element of your team so you can get an advantage over that person's defense. It's as simple but as that. The one thing I will say to EA's credit on this new feature they added, that, that explosive sprint, which works both offensively and defensively. If you take a bad angle or you respond, let's say late, later than you should, and you step the wrong way, you pay for it this year. But if you make the right read, you play where the ball is going to go instead of where the ball is at, you're rewarded for it most of the time. And when you're not rewarded for it, it's when that, you know, you make that tackle and you can't maintain possession. It takes an unlucky bounce and it goes into the back of the net. That's FIFA. I mean, I don't know that we're ever going to get rid of that entirely. But I will say that if you if you make the right read and you you know block that player off, usually a center back can negate the pace by just bodying that striker and cutting him off. You are correct. But you need you need but, connectivity. Um, you need responsiveness, and you need consistency to do that, which is yeah. not easy. There is also certain attackers that are made of that special source, though, and this is something that I know Pugzilla will talk to you about having watched his stream and he complains about this all the time because I see him suffer from it every week is he'll play against Mbappe almost every game because he's in the elite division and rivals so he's he's at that kind of level and the amount of times he'll clean tackle someone but they'll just recover immediately to re-intercept the ball basically making them almost untackleable and the amount of rage it causes and frustration because he's done his job. He's read the play. He's got his defender in the right place. He's made the, the tackle. But it, it just bounces off the defender back into the lap of these mega, yeah. mega strikers, which is what EA want everyone to pursue. Yeah. There, there's, there's always so much you can do. And, and 
we had a previous question about quality of life stuff, that kind of thing. Um, I think it was something that EA had aimed to improve drastically this year. And I don't think they have done. If I'm honest with you, you know, if you, if you tackle someone clean, they should stay tackled. And when you're dealing with high end attacking players, they often do not. And that yeah. causes a lot of frustration for, for people who play the game every week. So yep. it'll be interesting and to hear Pog talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit more with him. I think a lot of that stuff is related to certain cards. I think a lot of it is also related to connection, but it's only, you know, you can only debate it. Can't prove that, but it is what it is. Um, let's move on. This is going to be a fun segment here. We'll, we'll end the show on this, but we have our hate mailbag segment. And uh, Matt, this is, I think this was your idea when we started this, but, uh, just getting the community to send us screenshots of messages they received and playing. And I picked a few that I want to read off here. George Coog shared one. It's actually a tweet from at Fesshole. It says, I'm 32 years old and still argue with children online over FIFA. Recently screenshotted my bank balance to win an argument with what turned out to be a 12 year old. That'll learn him. And then George said, all right, come on guys, own up. Who is it? So, <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely somebody out there listening to this that that has felt this way before you're arguing with somebody who's probably not even half your age and uh he could give a shit less and you're over there pissed off but um the next one pompo shared one <laughs> somebody sent him a message sorry for playing that bad today was busy with your nasty mama <laughs> oh my god she's doing things best bj ever She's doing Speaking things. of that 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Pompa was playing that 12 year old. <laughs> Pompa didn't send his, uh, he didn't share his response. So we'll have to get that from him. I'll have to get, get a comment from him. Absolutely. And the last one was from MN Rehab. He's up 4 0 with 14 minutes with a 90 rated team against a 74 rated team in one league. Jesus. That's not even fair. Uh, MN rehab sent a message to him and said, quit or I will. <laughs> he got a response of, okay, fat cunt. <laughs> Hope your day in life get better. That's Monday night or MN board. Said player says, shut the fuck up, please. And then MN board says, ha ha, God bless you. I'm telling you, man, that God bless you thing gets them every time. Anytime somebody's kindness. talking trash to you, you kill them with kindness. You tell them good game, God bless. And most of the time they'll apologize to you. It works. It's psychology, man. Oh, we just got a fresh one in from Carl SW1. <laughs> this guy's name is the big gush passing around the back. That's a bannable offense for toxicity. Mm, kind of, I kind of agree with the big gush here. I mean, depends on when you're doing it. I was going to say, I get this a lot because I can yeah. take a game into the murky dark waters when I want to. I can keep the ball a long yeah. time um, without uh, giving it away if I really, really want to. But I don't because I am, play, I am playing FIFA to enjoy myself and that isn't always yes. fun. But at the same time, I also want to win. So... If I'm 1-0 up in a close weekend league game, I'm not going to give the guy the ball in the last 10 minutes. No way. Yeah. I'll, I'll just dribble backwards. You know, I'll run it into their corner and then just go back the other way, and that takes up so much time, and mm. it drives people crazy. Understandably, oh, yes. I'd be dead frustrated if someone did that to me as well. But it's like they send you a message saying, oh, you're playing like that, you shit boring cunt, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you want me to let you win? When I've yeah. sat here for like 20 minutes in a close match, you just want me to give you the ball and give you a chance. It's not going to happen. But obviously that takes far too much energy to argue that out. You just have to sit there and, and laugh and chuckle how yeah. irate people get. But, you know, th there is more to FIFA than winning, but winning is a lot of fun. So <laughs> you have to be a <laughs> shithouse every now and then, right? Yeah. I mean, there's levels to that stuff. They'll pass it around in the back. If, the guy I'm playing, if I'm up 2-0, which I, I don't like being up 2-0, I'd rather be up 3-0 or 1-0. Don't, don't come at me with a 2-0 lead. I, I always fuck him up somehow. But 
if the guy's sitting back and I got a two goal lead and it's the 60th minute, 70th minute, and he's keen to just sit back and wait for me to attack so he can counter me. Yes. I'll go to players with, I'll I'll go to one player in the box. I'll go to the three, five, two, very defensive. And I'll just play possession and force him to come and chase me so I can attack those bubbles that he's creating. I think that's Uh, fine. I don't think there's any problem with that. And you say about, the potentially negative element of passing it around the back to try and keep the ball to secure a win. I don't see that as being any worse than people who put on like team press and go like full pressure, constant pressure. Oh my god! To try and win the ball because it's so effective. So good. What, like 80th minute when you're up by a goal, you know it's coming. When they do that pause, yeah. well, quite. I see a lot of people doing it at all sorts of times in the game now because they want to force a rage quit. So they're not considering how their team's going to perform in the second half because they want the game over by the end of the first half. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have any sympathy for people who are afflicted by my negative Stoke tactics, shithousery, whatever you want to call it, because I get it the other way by people team pressing, constant pressure, all that bullshit. Everyone's yeah. got their own shitty tactics to try and to get ahead. I, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for people, to be honest. Yeah. Best thing I can tell you, just play your own game because nobody's going to give a shit about what you want anyway. So exactly. just do you and fuck them. Precisely. Pretty much how you have to play FIFA. So it's rough out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's going to wrap us up for this week's standard episode. But like I said earlier, we'll be back in a few days time with a special episode with Pugzilla to talk about the state foot in the community. Matt, it was fun. It's the first time we've done a, a solo pod like this. Um, hopefully we get Paul back next week. But in the meantime, where can people find you on social media? You can either ping me on or Twitter at Lambo Matt, but probably don't. But do say hello in Discord. Always happy to hear from you guys and see what you're up to. And uh, the Discord's been on fire for the last few weeks. So uh, keep it up, guys. We've got a really cool community going on. And I'm really looking forward to the, the Pugzilla podcast Hrumpy baby as he would say <laughs> alright good stuff and we'll be announcing the, the winner of that giveaway if you missed it uh, I did get several DMs more than I thought I would get uh, with the late uh, announcement of the giveaway for last week's or last episode for the 500 members in the discord so be looking for that announcement on the next episode that we do with Pugs if you want to follow me on Twitter you can do so at the foot hunter and you can follow the show on Twitter at Footballers Pod. Thanks for joining us this week. Catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.